Expert Deborah Philman says that the American school system is broken and we can do much better. Her YouTube channel has over 500 videos exploring all aspects of teaching. Today, she'll talk about some of the worst problems in the public school system, and she'll give us moms some eye-popping information on political initiatives like school choice. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast. Welcome. This is a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to invite you right on the top of the show to like and subscribe to our podcast. Also, we always ask that you please share this podcast with your mama friends in your circle, because we believe that today, just like the other days, are some very, very informative podcasts. Also, if you have an idea or a topic for our podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. Again, email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I also want to invite all of the moms listening to please join our movement here at Moms for America. It's moms like us all across the country, uniting together to fight for our faith, our family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please check us all out at momsforamerica.us. Um, we have all of our information on our website, and it is absolutely amazing. I think we will be a great resource for you. And again, there's Moms for America groups forming all across the country. So please, please join us. All right. Today, Deborah Philman is my guest. Deborah has a master's degree in education. Now, she began her journey as a teacher 30 years ago, but she left the profession after a few years because she was seeing the start of knowledge-based education disintegrating for a more political and activist agenda. And this was decades ago, so you can imagine what the difference is now today. Deborah is the creator and the founder of the YouTube channel called The Reason We Learn. That's called The Reason We Learn, which has a massive archive of videos that are discussing a plethora of issues surrounding public education. Welcome, Deborah, to the Moms for America podcast. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, before we jump into this uh, interesting interview, I can't wait to talk with you about all these subjects and your, your YouTube channel and all this fun stuff that you have. Quickly, can you tell us, so you are a mama of how many and who's, who's in your little tribe over there? I have three girls. I have one in college who is almost 19 and I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. So you're keeping girls, busy. All girls. All girls. Mm -hmm. God yep. bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers too, right? That's right. Oh, that's great. All right, um, Deborah, let's talk a little bit about um, just in the beginning. I want to establish the fact that you have a um, experience as far as education. So what, what was your, what's your background as far as teaching? Because I always think that that is, is a nice place for us to start from. You're, this isn't someone that doesn't know anything about education or the educational platforms. So what is your background on, in, in education? So I do have a master's degree in elementary education, and I then subsequently later got certified also to teach high school English, although I've pretty much taught privately uh, since leaving the classroom in about 1992. So I did teach in a classroom 
quickly left because I realized that philosophically it was not for me. I was in a public school, needed to make more money than I could make in a private school. So I went into the private sector and the human resources capacity. And then I was mostly tutoring. So since then, I've been in and out of classrooms as a volunteer and as a tutor. And of course, as a mom, I homeschooled. My kids attended public school briefly and also a charter school. So I've had all the sides of it, you could say. Right. I would say you're pretty well-versed in this um, from, like you said, all the different aspects. Um, I do want to mention something, though. When you started teaching, you um, there was a comment that a um, that teaching was a political act. I think this is kind of something I'd like to use as a springboard into our conversation um, because that's really not what teaching is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a political act. That's what I thought, but I went to University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education for my master's and in our social studies course, the one I thought I would be taking to learn how to teach social studies or history is what I thought we would call it, but it was suddenly called social studies. The professor said teaching is a political act. And when I asked about it, mm-hmm. um, because I I was shocked, I didn't understand. Right. I thought we were supposed to be neutral. He right. said that our goal as teachers was to liberate our students from the oppression of mm societal norms and to pursue social justice. And the reason I bring this up is that this was in 1989, 1990. That was right. the year I was in grad, grad school. So it was then, yes. right. It was then, but now it's just so robust. I mean, it is at every corner now, That's uh, liberating and like the oppressed and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, just crazy. So you saw it coming. Obviously. I did. I, it, it was, you know, I was young. So when I heard that, I thought, well, maybe it's this professor, maybe it's this graduate school. You know, I'd grown up in liberal enclaves, you know, in the Northeast my whole life, my college mm-hmm. was pretty liberal. And so I guess I thought that's how they are in college or that's mm-hmm. how they are in grad school. When I get out in the world and I'm in the classroom, you know, that's real world. It'll be different than it yeah. wasn't. But it's not right. So now I do want to mention the fact that you decided to homeschool. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, also another interesting point because you saw what was there because because you knew the curriculum because you knew what the agenda was just talk about that that homeschooling situation that you decided to do with your kids yeah and and it's important to note i decided that before i was even dating anyone that i would end up marrying so i mean this is before i had kids i saw how they were teaching reading all by itself mm. before okay. i knew about the political stuff that would come into the classroom just on the basis of how they were teaching reading. I thought to myself, no way. Cause I was an avid reader as a child. Okay. Not even politically driven, not even even politically driven initially. This wasn't SEL. This wasn't critical race. This wasn't social emotional learning or, or sex ed. This was just literally on the basics of education. Right. Because I went into teaching initially because I didn't have a good public school experience. I was fortunate enough to go to private school for high school. But I remember thinking when I got out of college, I said, you know what? I had such a bad elementary school and middle school experience. I want to make it better for other kids. I don't want them to be bored in school. I want them to be an avid reader like I was. I was lucky in my early years, I went to Montessori school for like, you know, nursery school and the first couple of years of elementary. And I love to read. And I saw so many kids in school in my classes who hated to read. And they also Mm -hmm. were struggling in other areas. So I said, I can do better than this. So my goal of homeschooling was driven initially by the academics. I didn't like how we were being told to teach the kids. And I said, Mm -hmm. I could do better than that. Not because I was a teacher, but because I was a reader. Even moms today could do better. 
You don't need the teaching degree. They were teaching us wrong. You know, and two, I guess when we look at this, we see that the academics have been failing. So the children just are not as educated as much, and then they come in with the social agenda. So as we look back, we then can see where we are now, and, and really we're quite frightened for the future. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. What an impressive collection you have. It's called The Reason We Learn. I guess I just want to get into this. Why did you decide to start this YouTube channel? Uh, what was your goal? And um, what are you hoping that it achieves? Well, I started the channel primarily to educate parents because I realized looking around at the landscape, everything that was going on and during COVID and how upset people were that there were a lot of people raising alarm, like this is happening, that is happening, but nobody to really translate for parents what it means Mm -hmm. and how it manifests in the classroom. So, you know, you can hear a lot of words thrown around in terms, but the average parent might not realize like how that's going to impact their child, how -hmm. it's going to impact them academically, socially, emotionally. I mean, to throw those Mm -hmm. terms together, but they're real. And I thought I could act as a go-between who'd be relatable. I am a parent. I've been there. So I've had kids, you know, homeschooled, public school, charter school. So I had seen the landscape. I understood the vocabulary and I could maybe translate things in the reason we learn, help them understand, not just that there's a reason we go to school or there's a reason we, we teach our children, but also that you have to learn to think you have to learn reason. So it's kind of a play on words so that parents would understand that going to school is not just about acquiring a bunch of skills or facts or career, you know, pathways or whatever, but it's about becoming a person and mm-hmm. growing up and being self-sufficient and personally responsible and having character. And those are the things that I would like to believe we as parents want to give our children. Right. I wanted to raise awareness that that's not what school is giving them. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, now we have over 500 videos. Is that correct on your YouTube site? That's correct. Um, yes. A lot of followers, a lot of information. Um, again, this is going to be a great resource for our moms because you cover uh, a plethora of information and topics. And so let's talk a little bit about the channel. What's on the channel and where are you, are you focusing on certain um, areas, topics, issues? Um, let us know what's on there. Well, I have created playlists and there is one in particular that I created that I think is sort of the, the must watch list for parents where I put in groupings of videos and interviews that I thought covered the current topics parents really need to understand well. So either I had a guest to explain it very well, or I thought that I produced some content that explained something and that was, would be a good place for people to start to winnow. It's still got quite a few videos, but it's not 500. So it kind of narrows it down. Then I have other playlists that cover, for example, critical race theory or um, specific, specifically, you know, SEL. Mm -hmm. I cover um, just indoctrination in general. And that way parents can go in and look for the specific thing they want to learn about. There Mm -hmm. are interviews with experts in various areas, Mm -hmm. teachers, philosophers, writers, journalists, um, people from different walks of life to give parents an understanding of how these ideas are hurting their kids. I even have some interviews with psychologists Hmm. um, so they can understand why we need to pay attention to this. Not just this is bad, but here is exactly why it's a problem. I get a lot of questions from parents saying, you know, but it sounds good. 
Social emotional learning sounds good. Why is it a problem? So I go through and I try to translate that. Yeah. You break it down in that first, um, grouping, what are some of the highlights that you think every parent needs to know about? I know we can't go into it at great length. We have the videos there for that, but what would be some of the things that you think parents have got to know that are on your top list? There are two videos that don't cover specifics that are going on in schools, but I would start with these because it helps ground you to receive the rest of the information. There is one that says the one question all parents should ask And it Mm. basically asks parents to ask themselves why they had children. That sounds very simple as a question, but if you watch the video, I go through and explain what I mean and why it matters. I would start there. And then the second video that I would watch is what, you know, do you have a philosophy of education? Why you need one. It's basically about why you need a personal philosophy of education, because When you ground yourself in a deep understanding of why you personally had children, you and your spouse, whatever, and Mm -hmm. what they mean to you and what you hoped for them, it doesn't matter what anyone throws at you or what anyone calls you or says about you, you will be Mm -hmm. solid. Okay. So you have to first ground yourself in your own principles and values. And the second thing is when you have a solid understanding of your own values around what education is for. Mm-hmm. nobody else can come along and pull the wool over your eyes about what it should be for. Right. You've really, you know, we, we don't think about our own thoughts on these topics first. So it, we get sucked into expertise. Someone else is right. an expert. And I tell parents, even mm-hmm. I can't answer these questions for you. You've got to do this. So I would start with those two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Along with this um, conviction driven, purpose-driven. That's kind of what I, what I would wrap those two up, right? Conviction and, and purpose-driven. Um, when parents, and, and this is too, because parenting is a journey. I mean, this does not come with a manual. We just pray every day right, by the grace of God that we're doing a, a job that, you know, will glorify the Lord and, and, and train up our children in the way that they should go. Um, since you 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 really do deal with the educational system, I want to talk about what are some of the most dangerous things that are happening in the public school system that you're seeing on a regular basis. So again, this is kind of a high level overview, but what are some of the things uh, we've talked a lot about this in general? But I love to have your your take on this. So I would say first and foremost would be the SEL or social emotional learning programs that are going to schools, it is no less than an attempt to rewire your child's brain. And it's to rewire it such that your child will never again be oriented towards being an individual, being concerned with their own individual wants, needs, goals, values, et cetera. And the secondary goal, and it's a close second, is alienating them from their family and the family of origins, values, and and purpose, and so forth. And that, of course, makes them easier to control and sure. direct. Manipulate. Very, very dangerous. They mm-hmm. are creating mental illness where there wasn't any before. They are creating um, a lot of pain. And so I, I would say first order of business is you've got to get between your kids and those lessons. Um, that's what parents are for. Parents and your friends and your church and whoever, that's who teaches social emotional learning, not the government school. The second thing I would- Because they're social, right? Because they're social emotional learning. They're coming completely from a different aspect. They are coming in and they are redefining um, your household and your child. And, And I think a lot of parents just don't understand 
because it all sounds so good, you know, developing the next leaders or heroes in the classroom, or I don't even know what they call these. They call them all these great initiatives, but it's definitely um, programming, right? Would you say that I'm, I'm saying that correctly? Programming? Yes. It's, it's, it's not just programming, it's data mining. Data mining. For yes. The, I'm sorry. For I should include that. Yeah. For the purpose of That's right. making your child so predictable that mm. they can more effectively market to your child, use your child, steer your child where they're yeah. needed. When you hear terms like career and college pathways and so forth, this presumes that your child wants to go to college, should go to college, and that they don't have other dreams of their own, that they need to be steered into paths where they're needed by the technocrats of the world. Um, so it, 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 it does not center your child. This mm -hmm. is not education for your kid. This is education for the powers that be to use your child. Your child becomes a commodity and like a people widget. And mm -hmm. so it's incredibly dangerous and has nothing to do with helping your child achieve academically. And I hope it goes without saying that you cannot use lesson plans to prevent mental illness. That's just not how it works. In Explain fact, that a little bit further. I mean, because well, that how would we? How do we see this? I think this is some of the things I'd like to have you mention too, Deborah. Yeah. What are some of the the things that you're really hardcore? We see this in uh, in the in the classroom. It's 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 presented good, mm -hmm. but it's got an uh, an alternate, uh, I guess, ideology or messaging to it. What are some of those things that we can look for? Well, what you can look for is anything that is wrapped up in mental health okay. in the school. You shouldn't just time out. No, that's not what the school is for. You should not have the government or any of its agents tinkering in the brain of your child when it comes to their mental health. Um, it used to be if a child was manifesting symptoms of something being wrong, a teacher might refer that child to a school counselor who would then call in the parents and you would deal with it privately. Mm -hmm. And that child would get some individual remediation for whatever's going on, keep it private. What they're doing now is under, you know, claiming that they're going to prevent mental illness by sort of preempting things and teaching the whole class how to behave and how to act as if that's what causes mental illness. Um, they're just that's just a misunderstanding and a misrepresentation of what causes mental illness and how we identify it. They're more likely to create confusion and create mental illness right. by projecting these things onto kids than by just letting children be and waiting and addressing problems as they arise. So there's a mm -hmm. fundamental misrepresentation of what mental illness is. And we've gone from wanting to destigmatize it to the point of projecting its causes like onto children projecting its causes yes. onto children. So this like, is really essential, an essential phrase moms to hear because it, it, it sounds shocking, but the surveys, I mean, we're talking about the data mining, the surveys start putting this, um, these questions in the kids. One, they're asking about their gender. They're asking if they're confused. They're asking if they've ever felt sad or alone or, and these are all feelings that everyone has, you know, we're dealing with children. And then they take this information and they start creating almost a profile for the kids. Would you say that's correct? That is correct. And the problem is that children are so suggestible. Of you, course. It's called generative ideas. So when you expose a child to something, the question then forms in their mind, like, should I be? Right. Was there something wrong? 
wait, I felt fine until you suggested that maybe like simply asking a child what their pronouns are puts doubt in their mind that they know their own mind. The goal is to do that. The goal is to create doubt and confusion so that the material at the school can come in and sort of helpfully address their confusion in the direction they want it to go. And confusion is something that cults use. It's something that anybody Mm -hmm. trying, you know, the Soviets used it. Trying to get people feeling ill at ease makes Mm. them easier to manipulate, Mm -hmm. right? So we know that if you have strong bonds with your family, if you have solid attachment to your parents, especially when you're a young child, this is where self-esteem comes from. This is where a sense of confidence comes from. And when they start asking all these questions, they're chipping away at that, which you as parents worked so hard to build in their infancy and their toddlerhood and preschool, all those efforts you made to bond with your kid and support them before they went to school can be fairly quickly undone. And parents will talk about this. They don't realize they're talking about it, but that's what they're describing when they say, I had this vibrant little child who was creative and smiling and laughing and investigating their world, went to school and a month later was withdrawn, body Mm -hmm. language changed, not smiling, not talking. Mm -hmm. There you have it. And, you know, Deborah, we hear these stories from all across the country. um, And I know that you interview people on a regular basis like I do, but I mean, we've had parents where they're their daughter went to an after-school class for two hours and came out and said that now that she was trans, you know, and, or um, I just think about even these surveys where they're asking children to check boxes. I feel like, wow, when you start checking boxes, exactly what you're talking about, you're checking something in your heart. Now you're making a decision that you're confused or questioning when you never were confused or questioning until this question came up to question what you're questioning. And it's, it is, it's like the, the author of, of confusion, it's like the devil coming in and just making these kids, their minds um, just become um, unable to clear to, to clearly think. So it is extremely confusing. And gender is another issue that we're seeing all across the country. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that is right in with mental health. It's probably all packaged together. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of goes underneath that. And I'd like to talk about the fact too, why are they pushing comprehensive sex ed at such young ages? I want you to address this um, as an expert who's talking with people across the country, kindergarten, preschool through fifth grade. Why are we pushing sexualized terms in, uh, in, in pornographic material on children? Why are they doing this? Well, there's a long history of this kind of thing in Marxism and Marxist right. revolution. So when you desensitize children to things that are actually adult, you do two things. Mm-hmm. One, you come between the child and their family. We've long known that the family is the bulwark against totalitarianism. Every totalitarian who has ever risen up to power has tried to break up the family first and foremost. Stalin, Hitler, right. they've all done it because your family is your gut check. Your family is they're the people you you feel like right. will be there for you no matter what. So if you can destroy put a, it, put a wedge. Yeah. And what's the easiest way to put a wedge is with any kind of discussion of sex. It puts children on a, a similar plane with adults. There aren't taboos anymore. So the number of things that parents can sort of 
to speak about with authority or protect their children's innocence, you know, how they, how they do that. There's that this parent child relationship uh, mm -hmm. where the child sees you as the go-to person for protection, but also advice. And they're your disciple, right? Well, when they're sexualized, that gets eaten away. Yeah. You're on this weird equal adult playing field. So it's not Terrible. even so much about the sex as it is about taking away that differential, you know, deferential relationship between parent and child. Then of course you have their bad actors out there who want kids to be desensitized to it because they'd like to take advantage of them yeah. in a variety of ways. Children are not ready for sex. They're not ready to process the emotions that go on around that. So even if somebody doesn't want to literally abuse them in that way, if they want to manipulate them in other ways, let's say politically, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they can get the child to feel like grown up or feel like they're on the same playing field as adults, they can accidentally get snookered into thinking that an adult is their friend or an adult mm -hmm. is their comrade. We saw this in China with Mao's Little Red Army. You saw little mm -hmm. kids running around treating adults like they were on the same on the same level. So using we sex steal their something. innocence that's correct use it then it's easier to do all kinds of things that children sure. shouldn't be doing right? right oh it's disturbing when you hear this because you know that it's going on all across the country um a little bit about homeschooling versus public school mm -hmm. um again i could talk to you for hours <laughs> because there's so much information and again 500 videos on your website <laughs> yeah. um what is give me the uh, the location to your website again? Oh, well, so it's on YouTube. It's the reason we learn. Okay. That was just the reason we learn. And, um, yeah, you can find everything there. You go to YouTube, you look for the reason yeah. we learn and yeah, you'll you see Deborah, uh, interviewing there. So I want to make sure that we get that out yeah. again here right now, yeah. but, um, a couple of things with homeschooling. We all know that homeschooling is a wonderful, wonderful mm -hmm. alternative. We also know that some parents can't afford it. Um, and they're in the midst of trying to figure out how to make that happen, or they're going to private school, um, or there's, you know, options. But one of the recent videos you talked about, and I know we could probably just spend a long time on this, but you are not, many of us are advocates. So we think of um, the voucher system. So then you could take your money and go to whatever school you want. But you say that there are some concerns about that. Yes. Um, I have started calling it um, government school choice. So in other words, it is government funded and it is not dollar for dollar what you put into it. There's a, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to be a subsidy, which will mean that it's going to feel a little like golden handcuffs. If you decide at some point, you don't like the strings that might be attached to it. You mm. don't like the school that your child was in, or you want to go to a different one. And the government won't let you go to that one using the same money. We don't know what the regulations are going to be coming down the pike. I mean, the bottom line is if the government, whoever pays for it, owns it, and mm. it isn't you paying for it. It's still the government funding it. So right. I really think it's important for parents to remember that. Um, so I'm concerned about regulations on not just the families who take the money, but also the providers who accept the money um, right There's now. There's always strings attached is basically where you're going is that no matter what, we saw this with the not-for-profit with the, the churches, right? This was really, many feel it's a downfall for the church because as soon as you take that not-for-profit money, 
or status, I should say, then all of a sudden they can control your messaging and what you can talk about, not talk about, take it away and all this craziness. So your point is what are the strings attached to the, the vouchers? And that's a very good, that's a very good point. I don't want to see the, uh, the outlets we currently have private schools, homeschooling pods, mm. micro schools. I don't want to see them further corrupted by an expansion of government that. reach. Um, and I think that's something that's not getting talked about quite enough. I also think we need to remember that money is an access. We saw this with Obamacare, just because you suddenly have the money to pay for something doesn't mean it will actually be available. Doesn't mean the price won't go up. Doesn't right. mean it will be appropriate for your child or even any better. So right. it's, you just might wake up someday finding out that you've just lost any voice that you had, because at least the public schools, bad as they are, uh, you you can vote. You know, you can vote for school board. You can vote for politicians mm -hmm. to affect that. But with private schools, you sign a, a contract, and if the terms of the contract state that you have to abide by everything in the handbook, whether you like it or not, and you can't complain, and if you do, they can kick you out and keep your money, which has happened to people, uh, then you're stuck. Wow. Then you're stuck. You could be in the middle of the year, and the mm -hmm. government's not going to give you another voucher, are they? Right. So. We have so to we don't know careful. yet. Yeah. Good mm -hmm. point. Very interesting. Um, thank you for clarifying that with us and all these things considered, because mm -hmm. here's the thing, right, Deborah, we always think it's never going to get that bad. I mean, really, do you think really that that's going to happen? Do you think that this would really could play out like this? Well, yes. I mean, we're seeing it at, at record speed now. Um, what about for, for the moms and the dads that they can't homeschool. They can't afford private right now. I'd like to you to give some advice to our moms too, because some of our moms are really in a tough place right now. They, they are in public education. Um, so words of advice for them, words for our moms that maybe are just sometimes terrified. You know, you, you, you're sending them there for eight hours a day or six hours a day. I guess. They're raising your children. Yeah. Um, so my advice is, and it's the advice I give to people even who say I'm going to homeschool. And well, first of all, I know lots and lots of people who homeschool who have no money at all. They're actually what you might even call the working poor. So it is not an expensive endeavor. The biggest thing that people struggle with is the child care component. In other words, if they physically cannot be in the home or they physically right, cannot be present. So, mm -hmm. right. So it's not the expense of curriculum or whatever. It's the expense of not being, not being working. So I tell all people the same thing. Your first task, if you want to find a better education for your child is build community. If you attend a church, if you live in a neighborhood, if you even live in a city and you know of two or three other people who are dissatisfied with the school, join forces, go have coffee, sit and discuss with them what their feelings are and find out what your work schedules are. Find out what, what are you doing in the summer? See if you can adapt the thing you do in the summer to the thing all year. You have a childcare problem, not an education problem. The education, solving what your children will learn is the easy part. That's actually the easiest part. The hard part is building that community, finding a small core group of families that you can work with to share the burden of the day-to-day -day supervision and care for the children. See if there's real estate at a church in a basement that's not getting used or a conference room. There are so many ways that you could do this, but you do have to first build community. And remember, one of the things that government school does or that government in general does is it, it atomizes us. It kind of pushes us apart from each other. And you could actually be giving your child the greatest gift you could ever give them just by sort of forcing yourself to come back together with your neighbors or make new friends or go out there and try to solve this problem. Your children will see you doing it. They'll see how much they matter to you and they'll make new friends as will you 
through this process. And Mm -hmm. then you'll be amazed at what you can do. I've met homeschoolers who've done this. So my first piece of advice is go out there. Even if you're not a homeschooler, join a homeschool group online, pick their brains, ask them who works days, how they do it, meet people, put yourself out there and you'll be amazed at how many people want to help you. Great advice. Um, Okay. So reason we learn some of the um, just closing thoughts here on affiliate programs and benefits and and everything with this, this website that you've designed. Okay. So well, my actual website is under construction, but when it is launched, I will be offering uh, services to families. So I, I do tutor, I do private tutoring for parents who want extra for their kids. Uh, especially in, you know, reading, English, writing, stuff like that. But I'll also be offering services to parents who want to take advantage of the school choice, but they're now, because of things I've said or other people have said, they're nervous. They want to make mm-hmm. sure they're going to go and choose a school that will meet their needs, or they're not taking vouchers, but they are choosing a form of education and they just want somebody to help guide them, make sure it's not woke. You know, they want to make sure, is this a good school? I'm going to be offering consulting for that. I also do public speaking. I also do writing. Um, I have a sub stack where I post many of my interviews as audio podcasts. They're also available on Spotify and so forth. Um, And I have a locals community, which right now is where my sort of support group is. For those of you who just want to have one night a week to go and talk to me or other parents. Um, we meet over zoom on, uh, Wednesday evenings and it's through the reason we learn.locals.com and those who are supporters there, um, monthly supporters, they can have access to the zoom and come and pick my brain live, mm-hmm. you know, one hour a week. So I, I do offer it. those kinds of things, um, because I want to help as many parents as I can, can, uh, find a better education for their children. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. Thank you, Deborah, yeah. for what you're doing. Thank you for 500 plus videos on every kind of topic you can imagine that would help moms um, with education and what's happening in the culture. Um, just help help us to be better mamas, help us to be aware, help us to just um, know exactly what's going on. So thank you so for the welcome. reason we learn on YouTube. God bless you and everything that you're doing. You. The information was so important. And again, I encourage all of our moms listening to check out and subscribe to Deborah's YouTube channel. The reason we learn great information and the, then the videos will benefit every mom listening here today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. We're glad to have you. Again, I would like to encourage every mom listening to check out and subscribe to Deborah's YouTube channel, The Reason We Learn. What great information she shared here today and truly 500 plus videos on her, her channel Um, will really help you navigate and get educated uh, on topics that are happening in your school um, and in the culture today with our children. So thank you, Deborah. Before we close, I I want to go ahead and uh, mention and invite everyone to our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Mention that you can go ahead and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is very important because this is how we connect with you and share all of our information on a weekly basis um, and how we connect with other moms all across the country and initiatives and programs that we're doing. Every week we say the same thing because moms, you are so special. You are so important. Liberty begins at home and that moms, you are truly the heartbeat of America and the heartbeat of your home. That's why this movement is so important. It's so powerful. 
It's moms like us all all across the country uniting to save our country and to protect our children. Again, please like and subscribe. Share this with our mama friends. Uh, Next week, we'll have another inspiring, informative discussion for moms um, with moms just like you. Um, So please join us again next week. And every week, like I always say, let's keep uh, changing our world one home at a time. Stop by our website, check us out. Cottage meetings, restoring patriotism, all of our initiatives are on our website, momsforamerica.us. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week.